three Native American people there. One of them was jumping up and down, so our guys start jumping up and down, clapping, we're dancing with him. Like, I just don't see how we were. I mean, they were just going along with what they thought was fun. So the black Israelites that were screaming awful things at these high school kids, and it's racial, homosexual, every sort of epithet you can imagine at children. It's harder than it should be to find what they were actually yelling at people. Right. Because I've done a lot of Googling, and I I see it characterized in a couple of the words, but the actual phrases, media's not that into reporting for some reason. Anyway, I just thought this part was humorous, if there could be a humorous part to this story. Uh, they called us racists, bigots, white crackers, rhymes with maggots, and incest kids, whatever the heck that means. Dirty-ass crackers, pardon us. They also taunted an African-American student from my school by telling him that we would harvest his organs. I have no idea what that insult means, but it was startling to hear, uh, said one of the high school kids. Well, that remark about harvesting organs is probably a reference to Jordan Peele's horror satire, Get Out a 2017 movie in which the black boyfriend of a white girl discovers her family is harvesting the organs of blacks. Okay. (laughs) So they're shouting racial epithets, homophobic slurs, and referencing little scene horror movies. (laughs) Well, I guess... It's a hell of a plot. Fairly widely seen horror movies. But a couple of years old. So, listen, this story, if you're not familiar with it, it'll. Uh, I, I hate to go back to uh, the beginning, but we have all the relevant videos at armstrongandgetty.com from multiple angles, so you can witness the facts for yourself. High school lads caught on a video smiling and clapping and jumping as a Native American fellow banged a drum in a crowded Capitol Mall scene. It appears perhaps they were mocking him. They'd surrounded him. It was threatening. Turns out the story, well, and then... Various enlightened and progressive members of our society called for violence against the boys, called them all sorts of terrible names, called for them to be booted out of school, called for the school to be shut down, called for colleges to rescind any admissions to the boys, doxed them, tried to disclose their home addresses, tried to whip up violence against children because they were wearing MAGA hats, and it appeared from the video, perhaps, they were being obnoxious to an old Indian activist. Well, there are a number of things that they got completely wrong including, and a number of people have quite manfully and womanfully confessed to this, said, I went way overboard. I broke my own rules and reacted to something before I had the facts, and I lost my temper, and I did some stupid stuff. I said some stupid stuff, and I'm sorry. And the people who said that, you know what, if you offer a a real uh, apology, the only thing uh, I ask is not just contrition, but, uh, but, uh, what's the what's the word? Rub I, my feet. That's well, what no, you need to show how no, wrong you it, are. Real contrition, meaning you change your ways. You can't punch somebody in the face, say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that, and then punch somebody else in the face. That's not contrition. But anyway, I've been following this from the beginning, very interested in it, because I think it's, it's a real, uh, you know, taking the vital signs of a number of trends in America, most of them ugly. Um, and uh, one of the things that struck me, well, uh, here's the actual story. So these kids are standing there waiting for their buses after the pro-life march. They're from a Catholic school, Covington, Kentucky. And four activists from this wackadoo sect, the black Israelites, something or other, surrounds them and starts screaming the worst sort of things at children and threatening them. They banded together for strength and were, were uh, chanting back at those fellows. When this American Indian activist, Nathan Phillips, 
felt like there was too much negative energy and he was afraid there was going to be violence. And because it was a lot of white people and just a few black people, he turned his quasi-peacemaking to the white boys. Well, the mostly white boys is actually racially mixed, but and went right up to the kid you see in all the videos and starts banging his drum of peace or whatever it is right in this kid's face. This kid is a child. He's utterly flabbergasted. He doesn't know what to make of the scene. He doesn't know what to do. As he's made clear, I smiled at him to let him know I'm not angry. I'm there's going to be no problem here. I got no problem with you. I hope you got no problem with me. And that's what you saw on the videotape. Which I don't know was, how I would have reacted as a 15-year-old in the big city, people screaming that stuff at me. I would have been scared to death. Right. And then the guy comes over and starts banging the drum in my face. I wouldn't have had any idea what was going on. And again, that smile of, don't hurt me, I don't want to hurt you, was called a smirk and a smug smile of the entitled white over blah, 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 by our progressive friends who called for him to be punched in the face and, have you and ever seen doxed a more, and a hundred other things. Have you ever seen a more punchable face, said one CNN commentator. Exactly. Of a, of yeah. a 15-year-old. Some people really need to get punched. Yipes. So, at any rate, uh, it straightened out that the scenario was exactly the opposite of what, uh, was it Slate? Yeah, the liars at Slate had portrayed it as. And I heard a long interview with Nathan Phillips, this uh, Native American activist on NPR. The, the Vietnam other day. vet? Right. Vietnam vet, Marine veteran. Um, and he's an odd guy. He's an odd bird. You know, uh, uh, elderly uh, Native American activists, uh, I, I'm going to give a little latitude to. I don't, you know. I just, I don't hate anybody, so I don't feel the need to tear anybody down. But he struck me as odd, and he was contradicting his original story. And he was walking things back, and he was fudging, and I thought, well, okay, what's really going on here? Well, now, according to multiple news accounts, um, the 71-year-old activist is 64, which means he would have been 18 years old in 1973, the last year any U.S. combat units were stationed in Vietnam. Mr. Phillips also claims to be a Marine veteran, although the last Marine combat units left Vietnam in 1971, when he would have been 16. A careful reading of Mr. Phillips' own descriptions do not make clear if he ever set foot in Vietnam. Indeed, he has used much more careful language, claiming he is a Vietnam, Vietnam Times veteran. An ambiguous that's, phrasing. That's that, a common dodge for people yeah. who claim to be Vietnam veterans There's and then get caught. Reason, right. Well, I meant the era. I'm an era of the Vietnam. Uh, I, I'm a, I was in the Vietnam era, so I'm most, mostly the same. You know, unless you were stateside or, you know, in a base somewhere in Asia and wondering when you would get sent into the jungles and you're telling that story, um, you know, they're, usually people who use that phrasing are just trying to cloud oh, yeah. what they're doing. Well, they're weirdos. <laughs> I would, I, I, I'm a believer in, in, in don't listen to another word anybody says who makes this sort of claim. Yeah. And it turns out to be a lie. That makes you a very strange person. Yeah. I like this summary um, by James Varney in the Washington Times. The encounter was virally framed as Nick Sandman, who is, a, a, again, a, a he's a young man in the progressive media, that strangely labels 17-year-old heavily tattooed people from El Salvador children, unaccompanied minors. But in this case, he's a young man. But the encounter was virally virally framed as Nick Sandman confronting Mr. Phillips, although video from multiple sources and angles now shows it was Mr. Phillips who initiated the contact and bewildered Nick, who again, as a child, had 
had for an extended period, it was an hour, something like an hour, four scary adults screaming the most horrific uh, threats and insults at him and his school friends as they waited for their school bus. And the number of media figures and activists and actors and comedians and commentators, some of whom I like, too, really disappointed, and Republicans and Congress people and Bill Crystal all reacting to the initial viral report. Uh, you know, we got one email. It probably took me too long to get to. Well, Melissa um, Milano came out uh, oh, yeah. just this morning and said the red MAGA hat is the new white hood. Right. She's a 46-year-old now. I didn't realize that. What was yeah. her show she was on? Uh, who's, who's the boss? boss Bewitched. Right. Who's the boss? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, she also put out a tweet saying that uh, the boys were there to ensure government would deprive a woman a right to control her own body. So they were there with hate in their hearts to begin with, which is, uh, wow, wow. If you don't have any room intellectually, morally, etc., to even acknowledge the other side's point of view in the abortion debate, you don't even pretend, you pretend it doesn't even exist, Alyssa Milano. You are useless. You are useless except to fire out, fire up the outer 20% of our society. Well, one of our emailers, and I can't find it, said, by the way, guys, I, I see Vladimir Putin's fingerprints all over this. Now, Vladimir Putin didn't make Kathy Griffin. Uh, urge uh, finding out who these children are and and tracking them to their homes and inflicting violence on them. He didn't make her do that. Well, did uh, did no? His playbook is to put lighter fluid in front of idiots and let them set the fire. Right? Y- yeah, exactly. Um, but well what, said. what role would he have played in the video? Was uh, uh, I don't. Uh, they don't have to initiate. Because I heard this a stuff. lot. I heard a lot of media people say I didn't watch the whole video, which is on me. Right. Well, no, it's uh, Putin's people keep an eye for conflict, and where that conflict is, they seek to f- to add lighter fluid to it. They don't. They didn't start, you know, racial tension. Yeah, it could simply be thousands of Russian created troll accounts retweeting only the most salacious gotcha. version of the video sure. and just amplifying and the, the most the vicious of the comments. Right, 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 to make sure Kathy Griffin, who is a freaking idiot, and then so lazy, lazy journalists go through the replies. Oh, here's a Twitter follower who said this, and, and all of a right. sudden now you have a news right. story. And, right, right. Yeah. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. If you want to weigh in, 415-295-KFTC. And I tell you what, doesn't matter your political stance. This sort of thing is dangerous and it's stupid. We'll have a selection of some of the more vicious statements that were made about these children in a couple of minutes. Do not take glee when the other side is on the wrong end of this. Uh, Because it's going to come back to bite all of us. This new attitude it's just, well, it's the French Revolution. Um, they now know why a couple fell off a cliff at Yosemite, why an Egyptian TV host has been sentenced to one year in prison, among other things that I've got coming up. And we've been having secret meetings with North Korea for 10 years. Nobody knew it. it just came out in the Wall Street Journal. You and I have. I missed them. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
Maggie Haberman of the New York Times suggested the boys needed to be expelled from school. Anna Navarro of CNN called the boys racists and asswipes and then went after their teachers and their parents. Others called for violence against them. CNN legal analyst Bakari Sellers suggested one of the boys should be, quote, punched in the face. Former CNN contributor Reza Aslan agreed. Aslan asked on Twitter this, have you ever seen a more punchable face than this kid's? Longtime CNN contributor Kathy Griffin seemed to encourage a mob to rise up and hurt these boys. Quote, name these kids. I want names. Shame them. If you think these efforts wouldn't dox you in a heartbeat, think again. Then she repeated her demand again later. Quote, names please and stories from people who can identify them and vouch for their identity. Thank you. Hollywood film producer Jack Morrissey tweeted that he wanted the boys killed. Quote, MAGA kids go screaming hats first into the wood chipper. And then he paired that with a graphic photo. Actor Patton Oswalt linked to personal information about one of the boys in case anyone wanted to get started on that project. Meanwhile, That's Twitter... Him. Yeah, that, that'll do. That's amazing. That is amazing. Just keep in mind that those shouting at you about what's right and wrong in your morals, they take theirs on and off like a coat. They will threaten children and out children and, and, and try to ruin people's lives uh, for their imagined offenses at the drop of a hat. They are not moral arbiters in any sense. And another point that and, and people get whipped up. I mean, it's the story of history. People get whipped up into doing things that are ugly and reprehensible. And future generations ask, how could they do that? Right. Your social justice warrior class, a lot of them hate Every bit as much as the uh, as your local Klansmen. They just have a different list of people they hate. They're racist. They're bigoted. They are prejudiced. You ever take a look at the word prejudiced? Pre-judice. Pre-judging. They prejudge people, which is supposed to be a sin. You're going to have principles? Have principles. Don't drop them if you get a chance to savage the people you hate. We're chasing Beckett Adams, who we've had on before. He wrote an article in the Washington Examiner. We're well past the point of urging the press to do better. Something is seriously wrong. Oh, I'm uh, yeah. I'm the ship has sailed. I agree completely. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's the two stories in the last three days or four days now. Um, that story we've been talking about, and then the the BuzzFeed story. About uh, the president told Michael the, Cohen to lie. The running wild with parts of information. We just we got it. We got to get this under control. Um, a couple of other things. Wall Street Journal with a story out today. U.S. and North Korean spies have held secret talks for a decade. Years of covert contacts with America's bitter adversary helped pave the way for President Trump's summit with Kim Jong Un. It didn't come as out of nowhere as it looked, or the Trump hating media. You know, like to think, what, what right. is he doing? Been pa- paving this uh, road for a long time yeah. with behind-the-scenes socks. I think, I think that's interesting. The proverbial back channels yeah, mm-hmm. with spies, right? Um, uh, this is unfortunate. You remember a couple of while back that fell off the cliff Yosemite? Oh, yeah. Plunged to yeah. their death. The Terrible. toxicology report is, and they appeared to be quite drunk. Taking yeah. a selfie, backed up to the cliff, and off they went, both oh, of them. Boy. Or one of them went, and the other one tried to grab them. You can picture how that would happen, Oof. especially if you're a little in your cups. You know, I like drinking, and I like hiking, hiking but I've never engaged in drunk hiking. I don't think I'm I have either. I'm an idiot, and it seems like a terrible idea to me. I've done a lot of both, and I don't think I've ever done them together, just because no. I would get so tired. 
Yeah, there's that, too. Plus, you're, you're just going to kill your bus. I like a big hike and then use that to justify the drinking later. Now, that, there you got that, something. That's a good day right All there. right. Got plenty of exercise. I, I deserve these 12 beers. Boy, I'm going to get hammered and get near a cliff. Oof. Oy. Got an Egyptian TV host sentenced to one year in prison for interviewing a gay man. That's wow. That's the kind of country Egypt is. That's a Muslim country, isn't it, Jack? And finally... I just became aware of him on Sunday as a very casual NFL fan. I thought, who's this color guy? This is the most interesting color guy I've ever heard. And it's Tony Romo and his contract's up, and they think he's going to end up being the highest paid guy in all of uh, that sort of thing in sports because he's so good. You know, here's your yin and yang for sports fans, Tony Romo. He talks a little too much. He almost never says something briefly. On the other hand, the information he gives and the way he gives it really helps you enjoy the game. It's have you, terrific. Have you seen the video montage that's put together now of like the five plays in the fourth quarter that he called before they happened? No. It's pretty no, good. He's been, he's been doing that all year. That's People oh, yeah. really like that. It's almost going to change the way that other color commentators, I think, do games where they're all going to be start trying to predict the plays that happen. Oh, that could, that could get tiring. Marshall's News coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Shutdown showdown. Good job by whatever TV station I'm watching up there of a, a glowering Nancy Pelosi and a glowering Donald Trump. Oh, so much glowering. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Now, President Trump is weighing in on the Covington con- controversy this morning, tweeting, quote, Nick Sandman and the students of Covington have become symbols of fake news and how evil it can be. They have captivated the attention of the world, and I know they will use it for the good, maybe even to bring people together. It started off unpleasant, but can end in a dream exclamation point. That was uh, surprisingly magnanimous and uh, and, and <laughs> calming and coming together. That was uh, president. That was Obama esque and like you know talking about it being a teachable moment. Right, yeah. exactly. You know, one measure of making my point about how people who yell at us about hate actually hate everybody as much as anybody is the uh, black Israelite lunatics were screeching the most horrific things about gay people. Yeah. And no progressives have come out to condemn them, nor the uh, perhaps dishonest, rather strange Mr. Phillips, the Indian activist, because in the victim-oppressor view of of seeing the world, those who have more power, i.e. white people, are always wrong and must always be wrong. And those with less power, i.e. people of color, are always right and must always be right, no matter how horrifically they act. And it's specifically progressive friends. These people are saying terrible things about gay Americans. Oh, they're clearly anti-gay. Right. You got nothing to say about like that? Like violently anti-gay. Right. Yeah. And we've got AOC stirring the pot today. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez comments during an MLK Day interview have uh, actually caused a lot of people to take double and triple notice. Like when she was asked, Do we live in a moral world that allows for billionaires? Is that a moral outcome in and no, of itself? Mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. And it's not. And I think it's, it's important to say that I, I, I don't think it's not, it, that necessarily means that all billionaires are immoral. 
AOC going... So what What does that... What? Well, AOC. if you're a socialist, you don't yeah. believe some people should end up with a billion dollars. Right. All right, fair enough. AOC going on to add... But I do think a system that allows billionaires to exist mm. when there are parts of Alabama where, where people are still getting ringworm because they don't have access to public health mm. is wrong. Alabama's saying, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, hey, come to Alabama to shop and vacation. <laughs> And try not to get the ringworm. Can you not Grace. mention the old RW when you're talking about our state? Plenty of us don't have any worms at all. <laughs> <laughs> have you been following the case of Paul Whelan? He's a U.S. citizen that's been grabbed, accused of spying in Russia. Yeah. His lawyer, a Russian lawyer, said, well, my client was found with evidence that constitutes state secrets. The 48-year-old was charged with suspicion of carrying out an act of espionage by the uh, Russians. At the end of December. So is this like the Russian public defender for him? And he's saying, my guy did it? He might have hired a private guy, but if the private guy gets a call from one of Putin's goons... Right. Yes, sir, Mr. President, sir. Yeah, yep, a thumb drive with state secrets, you say. Yep. Okay, that's what we're pleading. Thank o- you. Open and shut case. Yep. You know, this, uh, this is a perfect example of... I can... I, I've got like an even... Uh, 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 like a line graph. It's just straight across horizontal over... Completely true, partially true, neutral, partially untrue, and completely untrue. The accusation he had, the thumb drive. I don't have any idea, and there's no way to make a judgment in Putin's Russia. Yep, and his family uh, is denying the accusation, saying Whelan was only in the country for a short vacation and a friend's wedding. Exactly, and he ended up with a thumb drive with state secrets on there that he believed were... Uh, photos of the wedding and uh, his travels. Right. All right. Maybe it's true. Maybe got, it's not. Do you, do you think those people remain friends? I came to your wedding, your wedding, and I get arrested by by Vladimir Putin. You couldn't. You, you couldn't get married in Hawaii. Right. You had to go to Russia. Stupid destination <laughs> weddings. So expensive. And now I'm in a Russian jail. You know, <laughs> Thanks. A lot of people get married in Las Vegas, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> Las Vegas is nice. You can do whatever you want there. Uh, I had one more point I want to make. Yeah, the thumb drives. It'll pop into my head. A second woman is reportedly pregnant with a CRISPR gene-edited baby. Chinese authorities confirming during their investigation into the professor that apparently put this whole thing together. Another couple was involved in his experiments. Both her and the twin girls from the first pregnancy will be put under medical observation. Investigators say... The doctor, the professor, forged ethical review papers and used unsafe technology to illegally edit genes in human embryos. Wow. I thought the Chinese authorities were already mad at this guy. Oh, they are. Or they're claiming to be, anyway. Yeah, but apparently he did like a little group, uh, you know, uh, thing. And, right. Uh, this could be the story of humanity. Yeah. This could end it all. Who yeah, the, the pivot point is rarely noticed. Yep. Right. One last note, singer Chris Brown's under arrest in Paris on suspicion of rape. The wow. French police said Brown and two other men were detained yesterday. He's still in jail, but hey, 24-year-old woman's alleging she was raped at Brown's hotel room on January 15th. So now Chris Brown is cooling his heels in jail. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> So the Super Bowl won't have a medical marijuana ad? Nope. As a lot of people thought. Also, uh, They said no to it? Or? 
Interesting. CBS said no. I got a little more on that. The uh, Joe reads the Atlantic. Smart people read the Atlantic. Thank you kindly. So many words. Yeah. I read the first paragraph, then the last paragraph, and then tell people what it says. I'm more of a I'm more of an Us Weekly guy, but mm. the cover of the Atlantic is about impeaching Trump, and it's getting a lot of attention on both sides. I'll delve into what some people are saying. I'm dying to know what tone it takes. It's about impeaching him. Very broad. Congress must impeach now. Okay, that's a tone. Yeah. Now I know the tone. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. sure more into it in europe they treat your private information online as your private information it's your property that's the law your data in the parlance of our time and you have to agree in writing or at least clicking on it i agree to to turn it over to somebody else obviously it's not that way in the united states but google even though it's a that's the law in in, uh, europe google still doesn't care Brian Fung does a great job covering tech and uh, related issues for the Washington Post. France has fined Google many millions of dollars. Brian joins us now. Hello, Brian. How are you, sir? Doing all right. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always our pleasure. So uh, why'd the French come down on Google to the tune of 57 mil? Well, the French said uh, Google hasn't been clear enough about how um, you know it provides choices for consumers when they're trying to decide whether or not um, to sign up for Google services and, and use them. Um, and as a result, uh, Google now has to pay about fifty-seven billion. Uh, I'm sorry, fifty-seven million dollars um, to uh, to to the French regulators uh, who brought this fine against them. So, are the namby pamby French courts saying that? You know, my uh, what Google is going to do with my data spread over 75 densely written legalese papers uh, scattered across multiple documents isn't good enough information for consumers? Uh, well, you know, the rules that, um, you know, Google allegedly ran afoul of, uh, GDPR is a big topic in, in Europe right now um, because it, it went into effect last year and it's caused, um, you know, a lot of companies to have to re- rethink and reconsider um, how they provide notice to consumers about how their data is used. Um, and in this case, it seems uh, that, uh, you know, the, the uh, uh, Google Google and its services failed to um, provide adequate notice to consumers, and that's what regulators are really going after here. So are Europeans just more into privacy than we are in the United States, or or Google didn't do as good a job of lobbying, or what? Do you have any idea? <laughs> well, um, you know, if you talk to a lot of uh, reg- regulatory experts, um, they do, by and large, say, you know, Europe uh, places a-, a premium on privacy in ways that we don't really here in the United States. Um, they're also, in Europe, much more open to preemptive regulation than uh, the United States is, where, you know, here, typically what happens is um, 
you know, a government agency will uh, draft, uh, you know, guidelines or, or um, proposals on things. And then um, it's rarely a, a law that uh, you know, gets put into place. And then, um, you know, an agency will bring an investigation. And then if it finds that a company did something wrong, it'll take that company to court. And then mm. that gets hashed out in the judicial system. Uh, it's a very different system than what they have in Europe, where there are very clear, bright line rules up front uh, for companies to follow. Yeah, the short answer is they regulate everything, um, and so they're super willing. And sometimes that results in doing things that I think are a really good idea. But Often you, not. You but. also have a lot of population, though, that has much more recently had a government um, uh, misusing their powers right. and information and all that sort of stuff. They might They might prize their information more. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting point. Culturally speaking, people were dragged out of their homes in Europe. Uh, you know, much more recently than in the United States. Uh, Brian Fung of the WAPO is on the line, covers uh, tech matters. Do you, this is hard to predict, and this is more of a political, cultural question than a tech thing, and you're a tech guy, but do you think those kind of laws are coming to the United States? That's a great question, and it's um, something that a lot of folks in Washington are trying to figure out right now. Um, again, it's, it's a big topic of debate here. Uh, you have... You know, privacy advocates who are calling for um, the Federal Trade Commission, which is sort of the, the United States' top data protection agency, um, to get involved in um, you know regulating companies like Google more heavily. Um, you know, the FTC is currently engaged in investigating Facebook over whether or not Facebook violated um, a, a consent decree that you know an agreement it signed with the FTC in 2011 um, governing consumers' privacy. Um, you have a number of lawmakers who've proposed legislation that could uh, implement a, a national privacy law that would cover all 50 states. Um, so this, there's definitely a lot of conversation happening around privacy and how data is used by these companies. Um, but, uh, you know, at this point, we don't have anything that's on the books that will necessarily lead to fines like the kind that we saw Google getting hit with. If you'd like to know more, we'll have a link at armstrongandgetty.com to Brian's story. Brian, it's always enlightening. Thanks a bunch. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Uh, also, uh, speaking of the WAPO, uh, it was, wasn't long ago that they published a story we talked about that Google is the number one lobbyist in America. Everybody should know that. At this point, uh, in 2017. Why do you think that is? There's one reason. Generous. There's one reason. Google it. A lot of times it's complicated. You know, big lobbying. This one's simple. They Their entire model is... You use Google, they get all your info, they make money off of it. Don't regulate anything about privacy or online advertising. That is why Google spent, for instance, $18 million in uh, 2017. The numbers from 2018 aren't quite out yet. I'm guessing spreading it among Republicans and Democrats to make sure both sides of the aisle are covered and making sure we don't go with European-style laws. The prickly libertarianism of the Armstrong and Getty show is very big in Silicon Valley, and we appreciate folks listening there. I would like to make it clear to Google that I can be bought for about $2 million. I will alter any and all opinions about you and and online privacy and uh, online advertising. Uh, Again, $2 million, and I, Joe Getty, will be bought. To me, the idea that that information belongs to them is just silly. I understand the argument. You don't have to use Google. Right. It's a decent enough legalistic argument that 
We offer a service. You don't have to use a smartphone. There are in our 75 pages of user agreements, again, scattered over three different documents that you'd have to hire a team of lawyers to inspect. We make it clear to you what we're going to do with it. And you said, yeah, that's fine. We make it clear so, to you. <laughs> right. And that was actually part of what the French court said. They said, essentially, you would have to do so much research to understand this. It's just not realistic. Which, uh, you know, viva la France, I say. Although, again, you know, it's funny. Life's complicated. Subtleties, shades of gray. France regulates everything to the point that they've choked their economy to death. And cute little Macron is trying his best to untangle it. I think in this case, they've probably done something I like. They're right. They're right. It's my information. It's my, unless I opt in to give it away, no, it's mine. Right. Where I go, what I buy, all that stuff. Uh, by the way, I Googled uh, the fact that uh, Google sure. was the biggest lobbyist, and, and that was the number one result. So I appreciate that. They didn't bury it seven pages deep or anything. <laughs> there it was. Google it. Well done. Because as you know, Jack, I'd rather be ignorant than learn something on Bing. Anchorage Holdings is a company that does uh, your marijuana, your smokable drugs. and um, they I've heard a- of it. I think the jazz musicians call it tea. And they had a 60-second ad they were going to run during the Super Bowl. Reefer. And specifically, they were going to focus on the medical benefits. Three people with varying ailments who say their lives were made better by the use of medical marijuana. Um, But CBS has rejected that. CBS told USA Today Sports that under the network's broadcast standards, it does not currently accept cannabis-related advertising. So there will be no Mary Jane-related commercials during your... Super Bowl. Well, you can't be advertising a Schedule A narcotic against federal law, which is ridiculous. Even if it's not legal for uh, you know recreational purposes, or even if it's not legal for medical purposes, to list it with like fentanyl and heroin, and oh my God, there was a giant overdose in Northern California the other day. Not many people heard about it, but anyway, to have marijuana on the same level means you can't do any experimentation with it. You can't have university study it as positive. Sean is uh, pointed out between long pulls on his bong, um, and that's just that's crazy. There's too much that's not answered, including how bad is it for you? What does it do to your lungs? If you're 18 years old, you're smoking pot at school. What's that going to do to you? Anti-pot research can't get going because it's treated like you know a weapons-grade plutonium by the federal government. And I could wander out of this radio studio and within 15 minutes have as much as you want it. And I'm not talking about, you know, from a legal dispensary. I need an entire jar or pound or however you measure it. (sighs) A jar. You're hardcore, dude. Um, No, it's it's just it's it's the idiotic hypocrisy of politics. Hmm. There's there are still enough voters who think marijuana is a terrible thing and nobody should smoke it. And I respect your opinion, but they would freak out at the idea of taking it off Schedule A. And so they don't do it. It was just a couple of years ago that people on this very program had a Super Bowl party, which I was invited. Mm. I went to the Super Bowl party, and I watched the first half where they drank beer. And then I found out later when I left at halftime, they started smoking Mary Jane. Wow. That's when the party started. Again, the reefer, the tea. For some reason, they didn't do it with the me wh- there. The wacky <laughs> I don't know if they thought I was going to call the police. Or... All right, the cops are gone. Let's go. Yeah, the old, <laughs> the old man's gone. Let's Dad's get gone. <laughs> right. Right. Fun concert. Beautiful. It was embarrassing. Why my attitude about the Super Bowl is just plunged. Because? I was rooting for the Chiefs. Oh. And and just the way they they got jobbed. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's There's a bitter taste in my mouth. It's not so much the result, but the fact that both games just have that taste of referee stink on it. 
Like, just well really kind of... Well said. Speaking of stink, can you imagine this? I'm not. We don't really have time to talk about this now, but you got passengers on a United Airlines, naturally, flight stranded for more than 16 hours. I hate these stories because I always wonder what I... I know what I would do. I couldn't do that. You couldn't keep me on the plane for 16 hours. I would end up in jail. Traveling from beautiful Newark, New Jersey... Because at Hong- least you'd be off the plane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to Hong Kong. Oh, yeah, I'd rather be in jail than sitting on one of those planes. Oh, and I'd It'd be, be happy a hell to... of a story to tell down yep. the road. I'll get there eventually. And I'd be happy to talk to the press and whoever wants to talk about how ridiculous it is that you'd keep somebody on a plane for 16 hours. So they're going from Newark to Hong Kong, which is an improvement. Ever uh, mentioned I hate United? I hate them deeply. <laughs> yes, you have. Okay. You, you have. Uh, once or twice. When it was diverted to Canada due to a medical emergency, medical personnel met the aircraft at Goose Bay Airport in Newfoundland. Transported passenger to a local hospital, but then there was a mechanical issue. Hey, be more okay. of a Canadian airport name, Goose Bay. <laughs> none, none, of, none of these things get within a mile of why you'd be on the plane for 16 hours. Okay, there's a mechanical problem. What's that got to do with anything? The get airport, them off the plane and the fix airport the airport did not have customs officers overnight, so we couldn't let them off the aircraft. That's ridiculous. Because of their bold plot to fake an illness while flying from Newark to Hong Kong for the purpose of infiltrating Canada. And you can't even bring them into the little terminal so they can be warm? Where have the adults gone, America? Well, Canada. (laughs) Goose Bay. (laughs) That is a good Canadian airport name, isn't it? It's about the best. Hey, landed in Goose Bay. (laughs) Yeah, and naturally the turlets overflowed and there was no food and the rest of it. You've heard the story. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.